you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. In this episode, we help Aaron track down Ursa's murderers, talk a bit about Meridian, and dig into what happened during the liberation. Welcome to episode 11 of Lightkeeper Protocol. Welcome to Lightkeeper Protocol, a podcast about our journey through Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. I am Jarrett, but you can call me Ja, and I am here with Christina, also known as Pop-Tart. Hello. Yes, and I'd like to welcome any new listeners and also welcome back any returning listeners. Thank you guys for taking the time to check out Lightkeeper Protocol. We hope that you are enjoying the show along with Horizon Zero Dawn. I just want to let everybody know we do have Discord channels where we will be discussing the this game, also Forbidden West. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the game and your thoughts on the show. So join us at mash.gg slash Discord and uh, look for our Horizon channels in there. And we, like I said, we'd love to see you there. But before we get started, let's recap what we talked about last episode. So we did complete Cauldron Row, but besides that, we finally made it to Meridian, and we met up with Aaron, who was very drunk, and we proved to Aaron that Olin was the traitor, that Olin was the reason the Proven got attacked. He was not too happy about that. He was already having a bad day because he found out that his sister was killed by Shadow Karja. And uh, we also caught up with Olin and found out that the people that attacked the Proving or from a group called the Eclipse, which is a splinter group of the Shadow Karja. Uh, they are building an army to take back Meridian, and they're working with a devil named Hades to resurrect old machines to help them with that army. Uh, Owen also told us that he saw the woman we were looking for in a place called Maker's End, and he gave us the location of Maker's End. But we're not going to Maker's End today. <laughs> today... We are actually going to go and uh, catch up with Aaron again because when we talked to Aaron and Meridian, he was, he, he, you know, he asked how we were able to read glyphs and he told him what was the focus. He was like, hey, can you use that focus to help me find out who killed my sister? And uh, yeah, that's what we're, we're going to go do. Even though Aloy, like we talked about that last week, Aloy was pretty much like, it's not my problem. Yeah, even <laughs> though she was like, uh, no, let's not. Even the more I play the game, too, the more I'm like, she sticks her nose in everybody's problems. And then this is the one where she's like, nah. Yeah, it was very different compared like, you know. <laughs> yeah, like so. But we are going to, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're, this quest is called Field of the Fallen. And this quest is actually not that far from the ending of City of the Sun. Because the ending of City of the Sun ends, I guess you can call it, like a little bit north of the Gatelands, it ends in a rock quarry. So it's definitely not where Meridian is because Meridian's actually a place where you want to be. You know, Meridian's like the place you go to vacation. <laughs> that, that's what Meridian looks like. Um, so this place is also like it's in a, it's in a, actually it looks like a, you know, the Gatelands. I think the Gatelands, I said it before, it looks like Arizona. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I actually, I, I was doing a little, I don't want to call it research. I was just kind of looking around and stumbled onto this fact. But I'm pretty sure once you cross over Valley Meat, from a location perspective, you're now actually in Utah. And so Utah, I've never been to Utah before. If you're from Utah, can you tell me if you look like Arizona? Yeah. I was gonna say, like, yep, looks just like Utah, but I've never been there either. I've so. never been there. I mean, I have gone to Colorado and I feel like didn't we say that the embrace was Colorado? I feel like that doesn't remind me of that it. It doesn't track. Yeah, so the embrace was oh, the Sacred Lands is Colorado because Denver Lands. Stadium is there. So that's the the Sacred Lands was well, I mean, and, and the embrace, I would imagine, is, is Colorado. As far as we know, Colorado's green, Utah is not. That's all we know. And we live in the United States, folks. This is a shame. So far. I can't walk there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. I can't walk there. But uh, so, yeah, uh, as you get close to Aaron, you can see he's being attacked by machines. Nothing serious. Two lanterns. Well, nothing serious to us anyway. Two lanterns and a watcher. Uh, when I got there, when I got over to fight, it kind of felt like he just started standing there. Like he didn't do anything. So I don't know about that because they were so easy to kill that if he did, it doesn't matter. But then I was looting them and he's like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm like, bro, just let me let me collect their bodies <laughs> real quick. Yes. Lee, shut up. <laughs> this game does that a lot, whether it's somebody yelling for you to come talk to them or Aloy saying, I should go do this thing. Yeah, maybe I should do this thing. What if I did this thing? Like, it does that a lot. Yes. Yeah, like in the beginning when we fight the first Corruptor and you're like collecting loot and it's like, I should see, how did it do that? I'm like, shush, <laughs> busy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, after you deal with those machines, Aaron and Aloy talk. What are you doing out here all alone? Where are your men? I'm not going to risk their lives. I don't mind putting my worthless ass on the line but not theirs. Sorry I had to drag you into it. Uh, Don't worry. This is just an average day for me. You know, take down some machines, track some killers. Right. I'd hate to see a busy morning for you. Ready to get started? Are you sure you're all right? Well, I'm sober, so no. (sighs) Well, I'm glad you're thinking straight at least. Don't get used to it. Tell me exactly what happened to Ursa. Start from the beginning. No one knows for sure. She left in the middle of the night with a few of her best men. Her best men? But she didn't bring you? No. I'd been drinking a lot. Maybe she thought, uh, damn, I don't know. I couldn't hack it. Search parties found their bodies the next day and the corpses of some shadow carja cowards. It was an ambush. The shadow carja are animals. They, they beat her so bad, we can't even show her face before burial. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Well, when I find the soldiers who did this, they'll be sorry, too. You don't have any idea why she left in the middle of the night? No. But it must have been urgent. A message, a report of some new Shadow Karja threat, I don't know. Why would the Shadow Karja do this? Because they hate us. And Ursa most of all. She teamed up with Avad to kick their asses out of Meridian. They'd been licking their wounds for two years, but they finally found a way to get back at her. All right. Show me where Ursa fell, and I'll do what I can to help. Come on, follow me. 
So Alo wants to know what he's doing out there alone, but Aaron said, you know, he didn't want to involve his men, so he, you know, he left them back at Meridian. Uh, you know, he even apologized for getting Alo involved, but, you know, I mean, he was drunk at the time, but technically he kind of forced her to do it. He's like, well, why should you have justice and not me? Like that line right there. <laughs> that's I mean, I'm pretty sure that's a quote. Um, direct quote. Direct quote. That's what he said. So he kind of like guilted her into it. I mean, I'm not going to blame myself. I'm the player, man. I'm just here to play more game. You, you tell me there's a quest. I'm going. Right. You know? Same. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But, um, you know, Aloy, she kind of jo- jokes about being average day, you know, taking down some machines, hunting some killers. And honestly, that's true. That's most of the game so far. Like you've been hunting machines and hunting down and, you know, tracking down some killers. And that that is Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, close to the first half of the game. So, you know, Aloy asks what happened to Ursa. And Aaron says she left in the middle of the night with her best men. No one knows why. And Aaron says it must have been urgent. And so Aloy also wanted to know why Aaron didn't go. And, you know, I guess Aaron, Aaron technically, I guess, has a drinking problem because he must drink a lot. So actually, I wonder if when he was in the embrace, when we met at Mother's Heart, had he been drinking or not? Like, I don't know. Like, he didn't seem like he was drinking. Yeah. But here's the thing is I feel like he can seem pretty put together, like a functioning. He was functioning, you know, probably a functioning drunk. So he'll just, it was a party. Yeah, I mean, a couple in, Mer- of drinks. in Meridian, he was a functioning drunk. Like, he was able to walk around and, right. you know, he, he was able to comprehend and give commands and stuff like that. But in uh, in Mother's Heart, it just felt like he, he like he put a, a decent speech together at Mother's Heart. Like, hold your fruit, hold your fruit, that whole thing. Right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like he, Maybe he was he, sober, uh, too. You're in, you're in foreign lands and you already had a bad relationship with them. Um, but he does drink a lot because the reason he went to Olin's house before is because they both drank so much that Olin couldn't find his way home. Right, exactly. So, yeah, like that's the thing. Like, and so what he thinks that Ursa maybe didn't take him because, you know, he's a drunk or maybe the Ursa thought that, you know, he couldn't really hack it. And that's why she left him behind. So the next day, her body was found with the corpses. Uh, and also there were some Shadow Karja corpses too. So that's why they said, oh, they must have got attacked by the Shadow Karja and she died. So it was clear it was an ambush. But he said that she was beaten so badly that they couldn't show her face before the burial. And that kind of raises the first red flag to me. I'm like, okay. I'm pretty sure they don't have CSI technology here. So the only way they identified her was probably through the clothes that she had on. Like, there's no DNA matching, probably no dental records, you know, things like that. So I'm like, okay. I didn't pick up on it. I I pick up on... (laughs) I didn't even think of that at the time. I'm just like, man, Aaron's seeming pretty suspicious right now. That's what I was thinking. You thought he was suspicious? Go ahead, tell me. Please, please tell me, tell me. I, I don't know, man. I thought he was leading us on a trail to try to like kill us and and flip the script and be, you know, oh, I was the bad guy all along. You think the Gorilla Games writers are that good, huh? <laughs> I don't know, dude. The I guess or I that guess bad, I would say, okay. or that bad to make it that obvious. 
I guess stuff that has happened so far has not been surprising. It's just, I don't know why while I'm playing, my brain's not like, oh, there's a red flag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Because like, you know, he made sure that, I mean, okay, it's not like this is a regular conversation, right? This was cre- this conversation was written and created by somebody, and they made sure to mention that. I'm like, right. okay, that's cool. Aloy asks why the shadow carja would do this, and for Aaron, the, ample, the answer is like simple. He's like, oh, well, maybe they want to get back at us for helping Avad kick them out of Meridian. Because as we covered last week, the shadow carja are the, are the losers of that fight, essentially. The losers that, that, that remained, you know, that, that were able to stay alive. Uh, so, yeah, that's what... Uh, Aaron is that's what Aaron told us that you know like it, it, it's it's pretty it, to him it's a cut and dry like why they would want to attack them so but uh Aaron and Aloy at that point they make it to the ambush site and while they're moving Aaron mentions that uh you know well, actually so I think Aloy asks if this is Shadow Carja territory and then Aaron says no they broke the ceasefire ceasefire the moment they stepped foot into the cleft so at, at right there, it's kind of setting boundaries on where you should be seeing Shadow Cards and where you shouldn't. Um, and actually, and actually, I think that's the first time they mentioned the ceasefire. Maybe. I think it is. I don't think I've heard it before this. So that sounds right. So I think in terms of like the, 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 the linear quests, this is the first time. I'm pretty sure I heard it in a side quest as well. Probably most of the people who listen to this heard it somewhere else, like in the side quest, because the side quests talk like you've already learned all this knowledge, right? But yeah. then again, that actually makes sense to a degree because those people, that's the world they live in, right? They're like, oh, you're in this area. You would have to be under a rock to not know what happened. But then again, you know, Aloy didn't even know about the Red Raids. So yeah. it actually does make sense for them to have conversations like that or have con- for them to have conversations like that. But from a gameplay perspective, because the information is not introduced in a linear fashion, it does make it a little bit confusing. I definitely had so many questions because of that, where someone will mention something and I'm like, I'm sure I'll learn about it in like 10 minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what happened the first time I played the game. Yeah. It definitely makes it a little harder to do it in a podcast form. I will tell you that much. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so there is like a ceasefire between the Shadow Karja and the Karja. We know that boundaries have been set. Um, if you've only done main quests, you probably haven't even unlocked the area where the Shadow Karja live. Like there is a there is a uh, area of the map where you stop seeing regular Karja guards and you start seeing Shadow Karja guards. And the thing about that area map, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, the Shadow Karja thought that the Red Raids were fine. They felt that, you know, going after the big deal. So why do they just, they, they, they felt that they were superior to the other tribes. Why do they let you run around freely? There's only one place they don't let you run around freely in that area, which we'll get into. I don't want to, I don't want to get too deep into it i mean it's sunfall that's why you can't run around freely right away but like in blazing arch and in the surrounding areas you can just walk around you can use their campsites like it's nothing Hmm. and they're letting this nora girl do it so that's kind of 
interesting. Yo. Well, when you don't have the numbers, you kind of have no choice. Yeah, that's It's true. like, okay, go into the ceasefire or we'll just keep pushing forward and we'll, we'll kill all of you. <laughs> you know, that yeah. could be because we're talking about a force that was in a fortified position. They were inside Meridian and got pushed out. You know? So, yeah, like they, they lost a, probably a ton of people there. And actually, in this episode, we're going to go over the liberation. There is a glyph with the liberation that gives us a better idea of what happened inside of Meridian. Uh, but, yeah, like they probably lost a ton of people. <laughs> and they just don't have the forces for it. So, Makes sense. I mean, that's why they're, they, they're turning to machines to help rebuild their army. So Yeah. All right. So, uh, like I said, they, they make their way to the, uh, to the ambush site. And uh, Aloy, she uses her focus on the ambush site and you know she starts noticing a couple things so when you're scanning the arrows uh you're scanning you scan these arrows cards armor and spear and they all if you pay attention to what you scan they all say pristine condition which is strange that's a red flag because th- there was a fight why would these things be in pristine condition i didn't notice that because i was too busy focusing on the fish in the river next to me Oh yeah, yeah. Did you you need fish bone or something? Yeah, I did. I used my focus and I like got the things, and I was like, "Oh, there's fish over there." Yes, Uh, yeah. You do have fish when you need certain supplies like fish bone. Like, I usually never think to look like at rivers as I'm crossing them. Mm -hmm. And then I know last night I got like three or four fish bones that I finally needed because I was like, "I need need fish," and I look inside and there's like a bunch of fish in there. I'm like, "It's time." Yep. I also saw a rat walking in the bottom of the river bed. So that probably (laughs) happened, but I don't think that's supposed to happen, yeah. So So but yeah, it is weird that, you know, it's a prison condition. Even though even Aloy even says that the spear and the arrows look new, they've never seen action. Aloy finds a trail of blood, but it's not like a regular blood splatter. This is her turning into a CSI. She's like, it looks like it dripped off the side of something, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And um She's like a, like a cart or something like that. That's what she says. And then she finds cart tracks. And she believes that the bodies were moved to the ambush site and spread around. And at this point, she's not even sure if the Shadow Cards were actually involved. And Aaron's like, of course they were. Who else would do this? And they follow the cart tracks up. I like how every so, um, everybody uses carts to cover up their crimes. This is like the fourth time we've encountered <laughs> this. <laughs> I mean, what else are they going to do, though? Like, <laughs> the carts are the preferred method of uh, moving stuff. I guess so. You got to move some slaves? Go yeah. for it. Use a cart. Use a cart. <laughs> no yeah, horse exactly. tracks, just like hand carts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, we, technically speaking, we haven't seen a horse in the game I was, at all. So. I, I was just going to say that. I was like, never mind. I haven't even seen a horse. So, yeah, that's, that probably adds up. <laughs> yeah, so... So once they reach the top of the mesa, uh, Aloy and Aaron, they're greeted by some unfriendly Asaram. He's like, Aaron's like, wait a minute. These aren't Shadow Karja. These are Asaram. They're from my tribe. And they all have the high ground on you. And then, yeah, so you got to deal with that. But, you know, Aaron's uh, surprised. He sounds a bit pissed about it. Um, Even though they have the high ground, it's not a difficult fight. I think there's like two enemies on the ground. And everybody else, they just take an arrow to the face, and you're pretty much done with them. But after you kill the human enemies, 
they use a device. Somebody, there's a device that gets activated and it calls in two Ravagers. And, you know, a Ravager, once you knock off its gun, it's basically a sawtooth. Did you have any trouble with this fight? I might have, because I, I feel like I... So when they first came in, I was like, oh no, there's there's a fight. I didn't set up or anything, but I I think I was annoyed. And that was it. Because I was like, oh, I'm just killing humans. No big deal. That sounds awful out of context. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> humans are so easy to take care of in this game. Even if they're like the brutes, like they're so easy. Right, yeah. Compared to the machines, absolutely. So. Uh, uh, one second. And so after the fight, Aaron says he was wrong about everything, and he asked Aloy to use the flap. And so she finds some shattered rocks that something hit, uh, you know, hit the rocks that she's never seen before because the rocks were shattered. She finds a armor strap or armor straps that were cut off with a knot uh, with a knife, and then rocks with uh, a rock with blood on it. She finds Vanguard weapons that have no blood on them, meaning that uh, Ursa's men didn't fight back. And then she also finds a tripod that was designed to mount heavy equipment, and she finds power cells by the tripod. And after she uh, finishes her investigation, she presents her theory to Aaron. This is Ursus Helmet. I thought she died in the field below, but it must have been here. All this trickery. For what? Feels like it's just a torture me. I have a theory. But it takes a little imagination. So far, your theories are better than other people's facts. All right. I think the Asaram ambushed Ursa and her men with a new weapon. They mounted it on that tripod up there. It fires waves of force, maybe sound. Looks like it cracked the stone there. I think it paralyzes people instead of killing them. It dropped the vanguard right there. No blood on their weapons. No fight. But why paralyze them if you're only going to move them and gut them? They were trying to hide something. Look here, a bloody rock. That they used to smash Ursa's face in. Or someone else's. These leather straps have been cut. As if they took the armor off someone. Uh, that, that can't be. Her body is, is lying in state in Meridian. I saw it. You said she was unrecognizable. Maybe they switched another body into her armor, someone around the same size, and mutilated it enough so it could have been anyone, even Ursa. Go back to Meridian. Take another look at that body. If it's really Ursa, of course I'm wrong. But if I'm right... Then, then my sister could be alive. I, I, I'm going. Meet me back there when you can. And so she believes that they were ambushed with a new weapon that they mounted onto that tripod, one that uses sound waves to paralyze the target, because that's what she thinks caused the rocks to shatter. This and is I'm like, like the most ridiculous thing. Like when she started going through, you keep saying CSI, but I literally feel like this is out of an episode of CSI where they're like, <laughs> all of this evidence and this is the whole timeline. I'm like, what the heck happened? Like, I know it's being kind of oblivious, but like the sound wave thing, like how would you just assume that with the broken rocks? It could have just been. Something really strong. Yeah. <laughs> We are talking about Asaram here. Like that's they build stuff, you know. Like they they that, that's what they do. They 
Like, I think when those cannons, oh man, I'm, I'm stepping ahead here, but like they're in the liberation glyph, it talks about a new weapon the Asaron built specifically to bring down the walls of Meridian. And I'm like, those rocks were crushed as well, weren't they? <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, that's, um, yeah, like it could be like, she was like, yeah, something to do with sound. I'm like, where did that come from? Right. What did you hear? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, so now she thinks that Ursa's alive, and she thinks they used the bloody rock to bash someone else's face in, and they took Ursa's armor and put it on that person. That's what she thinks happened. And uh, it's funny, because, well, that's not funny, but Aaron is like, oh, my sister can be alive. And I'm like, you don't have any questions about that other person? (laughs) (laughs) Forget that other person. They were, you know, They were on the board, like... Exactly. Who are Because they would have to be, in order for him to think that this woman or this other person was Ursa, it would obviously have to be another woman of the same height, build, skin color, similar, everything except maybe the face, because the face didn't matter because they just bashed that in, you know? Right. Yeah. See, that's the thing is I get that he's concerned about his sister, but she brought people from the guard with her. So wouldn't he yeah. also be concerned about them? Like that's probably one of someone that's supposed to be now in his ranks that you found yeah, maybe. instead of her. Yeah. Yeah. Unless the, the Asaron brought somebody else with them that was unlucky and they're like, sorry, lady. <laughs> like we need you, we need you for the plan. That's probably you know? what happened after everybody's body. So if there was someone missing, they probably would have noted that. True. Yeah, it's true. Or it could just be a, a hole that we just tore through. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it could be that. But, yeah, that's what I thought. And he was like, oh, my sister's alive. And then, you know, uh, I think he, he wants to head back to Meridian to double check. I guess maybe he's going to look for birthmarks or something like that. And he tells Aloy, meet me back there when you can. So that actually completes Field of the Fallen and gives you a new main quest into the Borderlands. And that quest, you're actually going to meet Avad. And I know, I think I said last episode that we're going to meet Avad in this episode. We are not. <laughs> we're not going to meet Avad in this episode. Um, I actually, I don't want to make any more promises, so I'm going to shut my mouth right now. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> soon, though. Soon. We're going to meet the Sun King soon. Even though, didn't that one Sun Priest back in, the, in, um, in Mother's Heart say that you can't set your eyes on his illuminance or something like that? Yeah, I'm really because that was that side conversation before the proving, so you could totally miss that. I wonder if maybe the priests can't because, like, people just talk. I don't know. Maybe I read it wrong. I don't think so, though. Because also, do we meet that priest? Like, I feel like there's so many. Like, he was just a throwaway character. (laughs) I think he He died on the way back. Yeah, something. (laughs) So many questions. Yeah, so uh yeah, now we are we're kinda on the hunt for for Ursa to to get her back. Uh but before I know last time we got into Meridian, but we kind of just went to Meridian, kicked in Olin's door, and then left. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking a, a little bit about uh Meridian, because I know we did that with some of the other major areas of the game. So yeah, we let's let's talk about Meridian a little bit because it is I th- I would call it a, a unique location. Uh, for a few reasons, right? Um, I think it has the best, not only say selection, but uh, 
it has pretty much any merchant you're going to need in the game. I think that's the big, that's one of the big things from Meridian. Like, you can get stuff in Meridian that you can't get anywhere else, right? Uh, you can, uh, I, for example, I needed a Shellwalker heart to get my Nora Protector armor. And I killed shell, 12 Shellwalkers, which aren't fun to kill, by the way. Just, just putting that out there. And, uh, yeah, no heart. So I was like, oh, that's right. I could probably go to Meridian and get it. And boom, I went to Meridian and just bought it directly from somebody. And, you know, you can all, there's a, there's a couple of specialty merchants. Like you can get, you have a merchant that sells you, uh, boxes, like a uh, mystery boxes. You, or you could trade like mystery boxes for hearts or lenses of some of the larger or harder animals to kill. Not animals, sorry, machines to kill, like thunder jaws and rock breakers and, you know, stuff like that. There, there's one. Did you see the merchant that sells like the garbage? Like she what? sells like beat up baskets. It's yeah. weird. Like, so those, but those beat up baskets, you can trade to a merchant that gives you mystery. That's the mystery boxes merchant. So you, I, th- you could trade for those to then trade for other things in Meridian. So you buy it from one merchant to give it to the other. Oh yeah, I didn't take it that far. Yeah, I didn't do any of those because I'm like, what's the point? I bought a couple of those mystery boxes and I was like, this is stupid. I do buy randomly the um, shard gambler ones because it's only like 10 shards. And I'm like, whatever. If I buy them every once in a while, it's not a big deal. Yeah, as long as you don't get hooked, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Just one more. I'll make a profit. Just one more. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I will say this about those boxes, mystery boxes ones that really won't come into effect until you, until we talk about frozen wilds but you're gonna want blue gleam i i will tell you that for sure uh, i do believe the three main merchants that you know are, are most people will, will think of when you go to meridian are the merchants that trade you for your collectibles like the ancient vessels the manuk statues and the metal flowers those merchants actually kind of sort of have stories Mm-hmm. kind of sort of so uh, like the ancient vessel so the funniest one to me is the ancient vessel guy he's like in love with beards <laughs> he's such an interesting dude like i don't know how to explain him yeah so you come across uh, i think his name is studious palace and he's interested in ancient vessels that you've been collecting what did you want to discuss you're an outlander which is good but a nora which might be bad do you fear the ruins of the old ones like many in your tribe? No, although some can be dangerous. Then you may have come across what I seek. In your travels, have you found strange vessels emblazoned with symbols of the old ones? They consist of a hollow cylinder with a crescent handle affixed at both ends. If you bring me these vessels in sets of four, I will gladly trade what I have for them. So you're interested in the old ones? More than interested. I study every ancient artifact I can get my hands on. But years of study have made me too comfortable at my desk. I can't even bear the sun if the truth be known. I don't know how I'll manage to take a partner. My family presses me for an heir. Uh, don't look at me. Oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm not looking. In fact, my father already has someone he wants me to wed. She doesn't interest me. I wish I had a brother to carry this burden. I would rather be left to my precious little vessels. What sort of ritual were these vessels made for? 
I'm convinced they were used in conjunction with each other in sets. Some people believe they were used for tea ceremonies. Others think they held sacred essences and oils for worship. But I believe they were used for the solemn custom of shaving one's beard. One for water, one for lotion, and so on. Each fluid in its special vessel, majestically applied to the face at each stage of the rite. It must have been breathtaking. But which vessel was used for which? I have to know. I have to continue my research. Are you sure people didn't just drink out of them? Drink? Out of such finely crafted earthenware? Don't be ridiculous! And so he's a, he says he's a collector of artifacts, and he's so into artifacts that he'd rather study artifacts than get married. He actually says that. Uh, and uh, so there's a fa- as, like, I think he says there's, there's a woman that his family wants him to wed. He's like, ah, I don't, I'm, I'm not interested in her. I don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. So he wants to trade the ancient vessels and sets of four. Now, I don't know. Have you actually looked at an ancient vessel? Yes. Well, just like the item, right? Like what the item looks like, not because yeah. you don't have any pictures specifically of them, right? It just shows the no, item. No, when you look. go, when you go into it, you can see it. Have you never opened one? No, I just thought they looked like little mugs. They are mugs, like oh, yeah, that's okay, the thing, okay, cups. Yeah. The ancient yeah. vessels are cups. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we obviously know they were used for like drinking, right? So he believes the cups were used for. Uh, the custom of shaving your beard and he's like yeah the, the, the each vessel have must have a purpose one's for lotion and one's for water and, and so on and i have a beard if you haven't seen me before i'm like and so on what <laughs> what else are you, <laughs> are else you doing to your like what it was else very are you doing? informative for me because i mean i don't i don't know i don't shave yeah, my well, beard you, often you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you, if you didn't know, like if you listen to this and you don't have a beard, you know what goes into to beard care? Washing your beard and either oiling or lotioning your beard and combing it. And that's pretty much like it. If somebody tells you you got to do something else, they are lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> they are trying to sell you a product. I have a very nice beard. Thank you very much. So, yeah, like listen to me, not to them. Anyway, <laughs> this guy, he's like really into shaving, right? And he's like, each fluid, I'm going to read his quote. He says, each fluid in its special vessel majestically applied to the face at each stage of the rite. It must have been breathtaking. That is a quote from what he says. And ultimately, he wants to figure out what each vessel was used for. And then Aloy was like, what if he would just use them to drink? And he like scoffs out. He scoffs at the idea. He's like, and there's another quote drink out of such finely crafted earthenware don't be ridiculous like you know that it's just funny it is the funniest one i'm saying this like they didn't just listen to the audio insert i'm sorry folks right (laughs) but like meanwhile like me and 90 percent of my friends have like so many mugs that we should probably get rid of them because there's just like way too well why would you need so many (laughs) mugs i use like the same four mugs all the time but you know exactly yeah i think that's in this world as in his world, but in, in, yeah, he he really wants to know what these uh, what these mugs are like, what these mugs are used for. And they must be plastic mugs. They can't be like, you know, was it ceramic mugs? Most mugs made out of, or whatever most mugs made out of. 
But it's not a very sturdy material. I'll tell you that much. If you drop one, it breaks. Maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're metal. I mean, metal mugs are a thing. That is true. Yeah, because they survived the test. Time. These mugs are in the yeah. ground. They've been trampled over, like <laughs> building. They they fell from buildings, like you know stuff like that. I mean, plastic. I guess could make sense because it doesn't. You know, it, it plastic break down. lasts forever, man. But <laughs> we're having that it, problem right now. Yeah, exactly. But wouldn't that like. <laughs> melt if you put something hot in it i guess you can have specific types of plastic that doesn't oh yeah you can definitely yeah you can have like i mean people put hot liquid into solo cups if you want to really see i don't do that because i feel like that's how you burn it i always get styrofoam cups for those i mean i wouldn't use it a second time like you know too many times (laughs) afterward because you depending on how hot it is it can get warped but you definitely can drink hot liquids out of solo cups you know, it, depending on the temperature. Well, I guess yeah. technically speaking, if it's too hot that it warps it, then yeah. it, you probably don't want to drink it. But some people are, are nuts, man. I feel like nuts. it would have to be metal. I Sorry. We're going like into this, like what <laughs> material? We're getting into it as, as much as he is, like with the shaving. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of this interaction, though, is he's so excited to talk to you or anyone that will talk to him about these ancient vessels. And then you push the trade button. He's like, hurry up. I don't have time for this. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, the dialogue instantly changes. And it's funny. Now, he has a beard. He also has sunglasses on. But he has like Morpheus sunglasses, if you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anybody who's that old, <laughs> which is not that old, by the way. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I mean, whenever you actually for all of these um, traders, like the last who who trade for the collectibles, they just give you mystery boxes. Uh, I know. I'm pretty sure his are modification boxes. Yeah, I have so many that I didn't feel like opening that are still just yes. sitting in my inventory. Like, I don't. Same. My modification, I, I'm pretty sure my modification bag is upgraded, and I'm mad. You just got my modification all the ways. Because you know what you, get, what you get a decent amount of modifications from? Killing big machines. You know who kills big machines? This guy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like, that's, you get a de- you get a good amount of, like, modifications like, by killing the larger machines. So, I already have a ton of modifications. One of the reasons I'm not a fan of mystery boxes I mean, they don't take up inventory space. For, you know, there's a spot for them. But I have so, a whole many mystery boxes that won't leave my screen because something is still in them. Like something I yeah. won't pull out because it just takes up an inventory slot. I, 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 yeah, so I don't think you can, actually, I wonder. I, I don't think you can just delete them. I think you have to take everything out of the box. Yeah, I mean, what you could do... Because I I have that issue with like certain traps that I don't use often. So there's so many boxes that are left with like those like the regular traps that you drop on the the ground, not like right, their actual. Yeah. Um. So there's so many with those. Can you break those down? Because that's what I do for my inventory. If it's just too full, I just break some stuff down to like put those couple more in there if I have to. Hmm. No, I I think I. The boxes themselves, can you break it down? I don't think you can break it down in the box. Not the box, but to break down the item that's in your inventory, then accept it out of the box. Oh, right. Yes, that's too much. Like I'll just leave it in the box and leave it alone. That's why I have so many unopened boxes. Open boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Like two or three pages. Yeah, exactly. Even though I did get a free, uh, not a tripcaster, I got a free 
uh, Terror Blaster out of one of those boxes. I found mine in the wild. I don't remember where it was. I have it written down when we get to it, but I found it in a box somewhere, and it could have been a mystery loot box that I found in the wild. Who knows? True, yeah. You also get mystery boxes. I did not realize this literally until I played a few days ago. You get mystery boxes or, or those reward boxes when you help somebody beat, like, like when you run across somebody who's like being attacked by machines, if you help them, they give you a reward box. Mm-hmm. I have played this game almost two times all the way through, and I never noticed that. Never, ever noticed that. You know when I noticed that? When I took down the Stormbird and there were bandits and guards, and the, or it wasn't guards, it was some lady was out there. She's like, help me. And I killed the guards and she's like, here's a reward and gave me a box. So uh, I, I found know. that out like 20 hours ago. Most of the time when I, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the Batman, like when I finish killing some <laughs> machines, I just turn around <laughs> and run away. You know, that's it. Like, <laughs> that's it. You don't, you don't see me anymore. And that's, uh, yeah, I never realized you get, you get rewards from that. But let's talk about the Banuke statue uh, merchant. Um, and I think her name is Kantara and she is interested in Banuke relics. You're looking for artifacts. Yes, but I'm no profiteer. Sun King Avad has named me an envoy to the Banuk. I work on their behalf, looking for sacred relics to return to their homeland, Ben-Ur. I'm especially interested in wooden figures that are sometimes found near Banuk rock paintings. If you have any, I have valuables to trade for them. You said the king named you an envoy to the Banuk? Yes. I've been to Ben-Ur many times. And the Wirek chiefs trust me. I help them maintain diplomatic ties with Avad. Some say they're a mysterious people, but their ways make a lot of sense to me. All you have to do is be the best. Doesn't matter if you're born high or low, man or woman. They respect skill, not some fool notion of heritage. I see the appeal. I wish more Karja did. Anything they don't understand, they call backward or savage. Tell me more about these Banuk figures. Simple wood sculptures made by Arnak, a legendary hunter who was exiled from Ban-Ur for killing his chief. He left the figures near painted stones in places that reminded him of his homeland. Later, his tribe declared him innocent. Now they see him as a kind of wandering hero and want those figures back. I do what I can to help him get them, including trade for them. If you have any... So she was appointed an envoy to the Banuk by Sun King Avad, and she looks for the relics to return back to their homeland. And uh, she actually seems to like the Banuk. She likes their customs. She likes the fact that, you know, your, your bloodline doesn't matter. Like, you know, your heritage, your sex doesn't matter. It's just how skilled you are when, you know, that's all the Banuk really care about. And she tells you that the statues were created by this Banuk warrior named Arnak. And he was actually exiled from Ban-Ur, which is the Banuk home area, which we will be exploring later in the Frozen Wilds, uh, for killing his chief, but he was later found innocent. But while he was exiled, he would find places around the Sundom, around the Sacred Lands, that reminded him of his home, and he would make the Banuk drawings, and then also make the Banuk figures. And that's why they are scattered wherever they are and that's why they're usually pretty up high you know because ban R is it's got some elevation to it folks <laughs> that so. her story just like 
all of this information, it made me interested to actually go back and collect the ones that I missed. Um, so I went on a little bit of a, I guess, collectibles hunt for a bit where I just got like some metal flowers and stuff. Um, even if I don't care about the loot boxes per se, uh, I, I kind of care about, you know, I guess the stories behind them. I don't know if they give you too much story. Um, I had to look in the inventory, but just seeing the paintings, like the rock paintings and stuff, because I didn't notice that before. Like I said, I'm, I'm sometimes a little oblivious. So it's really cool to see like the different not jump puzzles, but climbing and getting up to a high vantage point. Well, let me ask you this. Like I said, I've almost played this game two times through. Are the paintings different? Because <laughs> if they are, I have not noticed that. I don't, I don't think the paintings are different. I think they have the same look to them. But I mean, they, I guess they look different because they're all those like triangles. Uh, and that makes sense to me. It's, it, it makes sense from a gameplay perspective to say, hey, there's a thing that you want up here. Mm -hmm. You know. Especially if you didn't pick up the Banuke statue map, you know, the collectible I, map. I'm going to admit something very embarrassing here. So when I first got to these uh, merchants, I saw that you could purchase all of the maps again. And I was like, I feel like I have all of the maps already and I can see everything on the map. But I'm going to buy them again to see if it opens anything else up. And it doesn't. So you can buy multiple of those maps from different merchants. Yes, you can. And it tells you if you have it because it has a little backpack next to it if you already own it. Well, I, I didn't get that at that point. That's why I said it's an embarrassing, a little embarrassing fact. But yeah, I only did it once. Though. Okay. I didn't go around and buy the maps from all of the merchants. I just wanted to see. <laughs> Maybe it was just that one. Maybe I had already got picked those ones up, <laughs> you know. Right. No, because I picked up the maps before. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was I was talking like I was you. I was I was oh, making fun of you. It sounded just like me. <laughs> yes, it's hard I'm to sure. tell. Voice and all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and finally, uh, we come across, in my opinion, the most annoying of the merchants, the metal flower merchant, Kadiv or Kudiv, uh, and he says he is looking for metal flowers. You were an outlander, no? An adventurer. I used to be one myself. I admit, I miss the beguiling colors of the wilds. Speaking of which, I wonder if you've come across a very special kind of flower. It's made of metal, like a machine. Other blossoms grow around them in amazing patterns. These gleaming beauties are very much in demand among my clients. If you bring me some, I have valuables to trade for them. You said you were an adventurer. Just so. The nobles of Meridian crave flowers for their balconies and gardens. So out I went, with bow and spear. I made my name by searching the wilds for the wildest blossoms. No bandit nor machine could keep me from those precious petals. So what happened? Love happened, my sweet. My paramour frets too much when I venture out. So now I collect flowers for those without such bonds. Is it worth it? Being restrained like that? Of course. Freedom is sweet, but the embrace of my beautiful Theridine is sweeter still. These metal flowers, what are they exactly? No one knows, but some say they began sprouting 20 years ago when the machines started to go mad. Perhaps they grow from the tears of the sun, for he has many faces, does he not? Wrathful one day, 
cool and patient the next perhaps he weeps for our suffering when his anger breaks so he says he was an adventurer who used to search for metal flowers for nobles that's what he did he went and fe- he says nobles wanted flowers they'd pay for them so he'd go to find rare flowers and according to him he doesn't seem like the type but he may just be a secret badass i don't know he said he used to if he had to go through bandits or machines it didn't matter you know, he, he, he was kind of hardcore about it. He had to get those flowers. Now, I'm not saying it like him, probably as you just heard, because he tries to rhyme everything, which is making me question, again, if he was that hardcore of an adventurer, because I'm like, how are you going to be that hardcore adventurer and come up with all these rhymes? I how? mean, how do you do that? <laughs> if you're out adventuring alone, you have to do something. So maybe you're just, you know. <laughs> Finding all these words that rhyme and just talking in rhymes all the time. Yeah, so, yeah, he, it was dangerous and he stopped when he fell in love. So now he trades rare flowers with people who don't the dangerous places. So um, he, he also says he doesn't know exactly what the metal flowers are, just that they, just, they started showing up about 20 years ago. Uh, I don't think they ever tie that to Aloy or anything like that, though. He... I, I can't remember if they did. Yeah, he said when the machines started getting more hostile, which is something that we learned already that they started getting more aggressive in the past, like, 20 or so years. Right, yeah. So, yeah, like, because, I mean, Aloy is 18 years old at this point, so that would be two years before she was born. So, like I said, like, you know, a lot of this thing, a lot of the things in this game were connected to her, but I don't think that's one of those. I mean, things. when I say about 20 years ago, 18 is within that about. If he said about yeah. 20 years ago, unless he said 20 years ago, flat, he said 20 but, years. He said, I think he said 20 uh, yeah, years they, ago, flat. Yeah. Okay, he did. <laughs> yeah, I think he said 20 years ago. So, but yeah, he, he's the most annoying because he rhymes a lot, like, and when he talks. Well, okay. Like, oh, hello, my my noble Nora. Like, please shut the fuck. Please shut up. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you caught this, but my brain just like catches memes sometimes. I guess, and this was a meme for a while. But he totally pulled a Skyrim on us and was basically basically said, "I was an adventurer like you until I took an arrow to the knee," because that's what that means. Is they got married. Oh, that's what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I could be wrong. I, I never finished Skyrim I like never that. Fin- I ne- that's the thing. I never, I never finished Skyrim. I, to- I think I've told you my Skyrim story. I've told my Skyrim story on almost every other podcast I've done. I'm not telling it on this one. That's fine. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty sure that was the meaning to it. The arrow to the knee meant like, you know, kneeled on the ground to propose. They got married, whatever. So he, he pulled the Skyrim line on us. Really? I, I did not know that. I did or, I could not be, or I could be wrong, you know, but I, I thought that was a little funny. I was upset. I was like, are you kidding me? Really just said this without saying this? No, I have to, I have to check that out. Somebody who listens to this show probably knows, so please educate us. In, uh, well, what you can <laughs> do is you can look it up for me and find out if that's true. And if it's not, just take it out so that way I don't look uh, like I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. No, I want the people, if you're wrong, I want people to come in the Discord like, hey, I, I only came here to tell Christine she's wrong about me, about the arrow in the knee. So. Appreciate you. Yeah, that should be helpful. <laughs> but yeah, those are the three main merchants that I think most people come back to Meridian for because when you get your collectibles, you just come back and you get your boxes. And this time around, I mean, the first time, I don't remember getting anything too great from those boxes, to be honest with you. I feel like someone told me 
all of the collectibles don't matter except for the metal flowers. Make sure you get the metal flowers. And then I went and I I think I got one box and I was like, is is this it? Yeah, like it's not anything like great. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll knowledge, probably like, get them anyway. Try to get all the collectibles, but right, yeah. So I, I mean, it's something to do. Like, it's, well, play the game. Like I, right now, if I see a metal flower around me, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I was just playing the game to play the game at this point, I probably would do the same exact thing. But we we on a timetable now, so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so uh, yeah. I mean, that's one thing from Meridian. Meridian does have a few glyphs in it interesting glyph is the liberation glyph which this one talks about the the liberation of meridian and like the the actual event itself well actually it starts before the event because it tells you like how it started and then what happened uh from there and you know we already know the end we already know that avad killed his dad but this kind of gives you a bit of a background um so uh, during uh, Jiren's reign, I think I'm saying his, I think his name is actually Jiren. Uh, I think I'm saying his name wrong. It's not, it's not Jiren. It's Jiren. Uh, I can't, because somebody actually, I heard his name pronounced one time in the game. And I can't remember where I heard it. So um, now that I've made that, I've admitted that I'm pretty sure I pronounced it wrong. I'm just going to keep on saying it for right now. I don't even know. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't remember it. Yeah, I think it's actually Jaron, but I could just be wrong twice for all I know. <laughs> Somebody says it in the game. I said Jaron. I think it's Jaron now. So, but so uh, during Jaron, his favorite heir, Katamon, who was his oldest son, I'm assuming, demanded that he stop the sacrifices. So he had already started the sacrifices this is when he's, when his oldest son says, you need to stop. Because his oldest son told him to stop, he actually sacrificed him. And that caused Avad, the second oldest son, to flee Meridian. Because now he knows dad's not going to listen to logic. So if I don't agree with what he's doing, he's going to kill me. So he actually fled Meridian. And he headed to the Asaram territories because he knew he had a friend there, which was Ursa. So. Ursa, she was actually, you know, we already knew that she had been captured because Aaron told that story, like, and, and, and had been brought to fight in the Sun Ring, but she survived. And as a reward, she was made a palace slave. So that was her reward for, for making it through the Sun Ring. Great reward. Uh, yeah. And so she actually befriended Avad while she was in the, uh, while she was a palace slave. So eventually Avad helped Ursa escape and she made it back to Asaram territory. And uh, Ursa, she has ties to warlords and freebooters who resisted the Red Raids. So she does help Avad overthrow his father. So, you know, Avad, like I said, he heads over to Asaram territory. He reconnects with Ursa uh, because of their friendship. So I'm assuming that, uh, Actually, I mean, I don't think it tells you how long she was in the palace. So I don't know how old Avad was. Yeah, I was going to ask what the timeline for everything is. Because if his son tried to tell him, like, hey, this isn't right and got killed. Like, how old? Like, that son has to be of, like, 
some kind of adult age, you know? Right. So, I mean, Avad, so when we meet Avad, I think it's two years after he's killed the Sun King. Yeah. So, and I would imagine it probably took him like a year or so just to prepare for that assault. Right. So, but the thing is, I'm pretty sure Avad is older. So, I mean, Avad could have been an adult already. And his brother was just a little older. And then Jaron was just, you know, Jaron could have been, I don't know what the lifespan of somebody in Horizon Zero Dawn is, right? <laughs> but he could have just been an older king. Because he reigned as king for like 20-something 20 20, years. I 21 think. years, yeah. 21 years, so. And, I mean, who knows? Because he, he could have been king after, because it seems like it's bloodline. So after his father died or whatever, maybe his father died at a younger age. And right, but I feel like that would make him in his forties. Jaron, yeah, at least. Right, so maybe Avad and his brother were both in their like I would say maybe in their twenties. I'm pretty sure, like, because Avad looks like he's in his twenties. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but he's definitely old. I'm pretty sure he's definitely older than Awa. He's not that young. Yeah, I just pulled up the the wiki real quick and. It even says, but it just says his twenties. It doesn't say like, oh, he's twenty three. Yeah, it just says in his twenties. So, it says in his twenties, and he has a tan complexion. He is tall. Thank you. That's very informative. <laughs> Thank you, Wiki. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's definitely in his twenties. I just don't know how old in his twenties he is, or how far into his twenties he is. So either way. He hooks up with Ursa. Uh, she uses her ties with the warlords and the freebooters, and they start preparing to overthrow his uh, his father. Actually, I, th- I believe it only says they prepare for a few months. I think the actual liberation document does say that. So it wasn't like a year. It was probably just a few months. And then they march toward Meridian. So from the claim, which is actually north, like I, I, the claim is north of like Pitch Cliff, if you've already been up there. So north of the map, they march down and march through the Sundom, and as they were marching through the Sundom, uh, a bunch of soldiers either went back to the city, they surrendered, or they joined them. So their armor, uh, their army just got bigger as they, their army got bigger as they marched through, and the, the, the current Meridian army got smaller. Um, so once they got to Meridian, Jaron's forces were ready for them. Like, they had a fortified position, so they probably, probably thought everything was pretty sweet, right? But the Asaram had a new weapon they had never seen before. And they said these were cannons as strong as machines. Now, I, I'm not sure if we actually get to see this in the game. Like, I'm trying to, like I said, I'm trying to think of the ending of the game. I'm not sure if we, if we ever, see, ever, ever see these cannons. I think we might. I can't remember. But um, these cannons, uh, they attacked the outer wall, which actually ended up killing a bunch of defenders. But I know the, the, the I think the document said that um, Avad wouldn't let them just fire into the city. Like once the wall was down, I think he made them stop using. After that, they attacked in three groups. One group took the Temple of the Sun. And remember, that's what Captain Balan. That's what he 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 said. Uh, I, t- I I was part of the group that took the Temple of the Sun or attacked the temple. So you know he was one of those people. Another group uh, they went. They took the aqueducts of the palace. And then that, and then that that there was that one group that just basically like uh, took the city gates with the cannons. 
So he said there was complete chaos in the city. Uh, the slave pits, they were opened up. And I, I think maybe they did that as kind of a distraction thing about it because what happened when they opened up the slave pits, uh, you know, everybody was desperate to escape. Everybody was running around. And many of uh, Jaron's supporters used that as cover to get out of the city. So that's probably how a lot of Shadow Karja managed to escape, you know, without getting caught. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Because I was wondering why there's just so many. There's a lot. I feel like there's so many more than you would think that would just escape from the town. Right. So uh, when Jaron said he was, oh, saw that he was losing, he had his last heir taken. I think his name is uh, Idaman or Idaman. And uh, he had Helis, who we know that is known as the Terror of the Sun. He escorted uh, his last heir and the queen uh, and the high priest uh, ba- Bahavas. I think that's how you pronounce it, out of the city. And the the documents, anybody in their way, whether it was a friend or a foe. So he he just struck down anybody in the way so he can get these people out of the city. And uh, Avad confronted Jaron in the, uh, oh man, I forget what, like, you actually go to this part of the palace, and I forget what the name of the the area is. Solarium? Uh, The Solarium, yes, thank you. And he hoped that Jaron would answer for his crimes honorably. He did not. So then he killed him. And that was the end of the 13th Sun King. So, yeah, that, that provides quite a bit of detail on what happened during the liberation. So does that mean there's like another brother floating around somewhere? Yes, that is exactly what that means. Because I feel like he mentioned his dead brother. Or me, not him, sorry. I feel like someone mentioned his dead brother. But not that there is still a live brother. Or maybe I only heard mention of one brother. I didn't realize there were two brothers total. I didn't mention... I mean, there three, three brothers, brothers total. total. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... Re- I, before I read this, I didn't remember there being three, three children, three heirs. I only remember the first one. Actually, to be honest with you, I don't even think I found this document or this glyph, the first time I played the game. Because this glyph, is just, you have to walk around Meridian. It's just sitting on a table somewhere. Yeah, I thought I missed it, which I didn't. I did pick it up, but sitting on a table, and I don't look at my little mini-map thing all the time, so I, I miss so many glyphs. Yeah, like, it's just, uh, this, is a, this is a pretty important piece of, like, lore. And, I, you know, I am glad they didn't, like, make this exposition somewhere. You know, like one of those conversations as you're walking. This is a pretty long conversation to have, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah, like it, it, it's a lot. So I'm glad that they put it into written form so that we can just kind of like read through. But it was a lot to read. But it's a, it's a lot of good information. Like I thought it was pretty good. So it gives you a better idea of what happened with the liberation. It also, we'll talk about side quests, not the next episode. I think the episode after that. And there's one side quest that kind of leans into what is said here, you know, about the liberation. So that was actually that was actually pretty cool. So, yeah, that was like super informative. There are other data points in Meridian that aren't like they're they're interesting, but not as informative. Like, I know you said you found one that talks about the religion, right? Like, it was just like kind of. So it's called the Sun Faith and it almost reads out like. Bible verses 
Like it's a book. Right. So I felt like I was reading chapters of a, of the Bible. So I was just like, okay, that's whatever. Yeah, there was another one uh, about the it called the Mad Sun King, and it's a preface to a book of or an account of what happened, all the terrible things the Sun King did during the Red Raids, and even to their own people. Like, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned it last episode, but you know, they said that they would like go to the villages, like in the beginning of the of the raids, go to the outer villages and get the strongest that they could find so that the next time they came to raid the village they wouldn't put up a fight and they also talked about why helis is called the stacker of corpses and it was because they were fighting you know the asaram and i guess the asaram had like a a a, a gate not a gate but like a wall up or something like that and Helis, he every person he killed, he throw up against like the, the the wall so that the other people could st- so that the bodies would stack up, and then his people could run up the bodies and get over the wall. So they call him the stacker of corpses, and that's with the Asaram. So that one's interesting as well, but like not necessarily as detailed. It's only a preface. The liberation was a complete account of what happened during the liberation, for the most part. Uh, but around Meridian, actually, you know, Meridian itself is the only place that has elevators that I know of. <laughs> like, it, it, Meridian's actually split into two areas. There's the part on top of the Mesa, and I know it's a Mesa for sure because we're going to get into the vantage point, but, like, on top of the Mesa. Then there are elevators built by Asaram to go down, which is the uh, which takes you to the Meridian Village, which you can get some side quests and things like that uh, there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, later on in the game, I think you run into some Asaram that actually help build those elevators. And they're like, oh, there's a there's a story in every chain link, which I thought was interesting because, you know, um, Aaron was talking about the the cards and how they were great builders and stuff like that. But they couldn't build their own elevator. They had to get the Asaram to do that. Right. Like, oh, this thing has moving parts. Never mind. Somebody get the (laughs) Asaram to do it. They'll build like houses, you know, and carve out a mountain. That's what they're good at. Yeah. But something I do have to clarify, though, is that I know. I'm pretty sure I heard somebody say that Asaram slaves built the elevators. But when you talk to this other person, they said that like they they left when they wanted to. Like they basically went like basically they built the elevator. And that was around the time when. Uh, Jaron started tripping, so they left, and that doesn't sound like much like a slave to me. I wonder if they helped build the first of the elevator, and then they dipped, and then slaves finished. Maybe that's a possibility. I have to get some confirmation on that. But I, we, like I said, we will run into those people a little bit, not a little bit later on, but later on in the game. So we'll have a little time. Uh, so outside Meridian, though. There is a vantage point that points right to Meridian, and it's not as interesting as the other vantage points because the other vantage points, like if you're looking at a broken down building or an overgrown building, it shows you what it used to look like. Yeah, this just shows you that Meridian was a straight up mesa. It was a flat piece of of land, and that was it. And the Karja built on top of that, and it's a pocket shitstorm day nine, and the the narrator he was uh camping or he was setting up a, a camp 
and he got a call that someone he knew was sick or and getting worse. And by the and then he left, and by the time he got back to them, they were already in a coma. And I'm assuming that they died shortly after because he says he never got a chance to say goodbye. Now I believe that person is his mother. I believe so. Uh, because so this is something that we didn't know until recently, but and this is like I said, this is the third time today. This is my second, almost second full play through the game. I did not realize the vantage points came with full transcripts, right? So you have what you listen to when you go to the vantage point, you hear the audio, but there's a full letter attached to that that you can read. So. What we're going to do once we get all the vantage points and once we cover the areas where we have all the vantage points, we're actually going to revisit the vantage points and talk about them in their entirety because there's a whole story that goes along with those vantage points. So we will learn who that person was and uh, what was really going on. Like cause each each of those, cause I did read through uh, a few of the vantage point, like full transcripts, and it gives a much better detail of what it, of what this person was talking about. So, yeah, I feel like maybe he just mentioned his father in passing, like where you know he worked at, or maybe I just assumed it was his father when he was speaking vaguely because I thought he said his father, but maybe it was just a parental figure. Maybe, yeah. So, like I said, we'll we'll definitely get fully cover that and get into that, just not at this point. It's also home of the Hunter's Lodge. So, if you have been doing the the different trial points in the game, this is where you would go because that is that that's the point to get into the Hunter's Lodge. But we also won't be covering that in this episode because we're gonna do. I don't know if it's gonna be end up being a full episode or not. But the Hunter's Lodge has its own storyline, basically. Uh, so I just want to cover that pretty much all in one shot versus, and, and that storyline does take you all over the place. Like it, it'll like the first, actually the very first quest tells you to kill machines in three different places and get their trophies. And yeah, it takes you north, it takes you south. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll definitely have uh, at least a part of an episode dedicated to the complete story of the Hunter's Lodge. Yeah, so that's gonna be it for. This episode, Christina, how how you feeling? What's going on with you at this point? I'm going to ask you every time, so just be prepared. It's fine. I'm never prepared. It's okay. Um, Playing through up to this point, I've been so interested and involved with everything that was going on. I had to go back to the embrace to get for, for a couple of reasons. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the Nora do exist. Like I, <laughs> I've been so <laughs> invested in moving forward and what's happening that I forgot about my short-lived past. Um, so I'm actually at this point in the game really interested to see how everything comes full circle um, and what's going to happen when the story inevitably brings us back to then you know what's gonna happen like what happens to the starting point what happened to rost dude like i forgot he was a thing like she'll mention him <laughs> sometimes but like that was a big part in the story where i was like very emotional about and then i was like I forgot about him for a while and now i'm like oh yeah what happened did he actually die maybe he didn't is he alive somewhere i'll i'll find out i guess but <laughs> 
Yeah. Like I, I can, I can see that. I totally also for like when I played through the first time. Actually, even shit, maybe this time I didn't forget that Ross <laughs> even existed. So I, I get that because you don't really talk about him, you know, right. that much. Uh, so I mean, because her main motivation still, for the most part, is finding out what about herself for the most part, which I can't blame her for that, you know. But that is still her main motivation. Yeah. So on the next episode going to go to Makers and that location that uh, Olin gave us, we're going to head up there and we're going to get some answers about the past, but honestly we're going to have even more questions when we get done, so we get some answers but we're going to end up with a lot more questions, but that is what we're going to discuss on the very next episode. And uh, yeah, with that I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you want to keep up with what's going on with the Mash Buttons Network and this show, uh, you can follow us on twitter.com slash the Mash Network. Uh, Christina, where can they find you? You can find me at S'mores Pop Tart on Twitter and Twitch. I'm also the host of a podcast on the network called Wondrous Tales, and we talk about Final Fantasy 14 content, um, MSQ, and side quest and side stuff. So come and listen. It's a fun time. And you can find me on Twitter at Josh Tradamus. And you can also find me streaming sometimes on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. And uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'd love to have you join our com- Discord community at mash.gg slash Discord. I encourage you guys to contact us with comments and questions. So, you know, reach out to us in the in the Discord, or you can do so on Twitter, or you can just send us an email at contact at mash.gg. And if you enjoy the show, you will help us out. One of the best ways to do that is to ask is uh, to not ask, but, um, you know, share the show with others and also to rate and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And if you want to take your support a bit further, you can do so by uh, visiting mtb.gg slash support. And you can see all the different ways to support matches buttons. Oh, uh, you know, we have a Patreon, Twin store, Teespring, oh, sorry, uh, Twitch subscriptions, a uh, humble bundle affiliate links and a uh, one-time PayPal donation link as well. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear more about Mashal's Buttons. And with that, we're done for this episode. We will see you on the next episode. See ya. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.